0: This is Aftermath Where we give you the week that was in MMA I am your track stars MMA correspondent Your man, The Voice Joined as always by the bearded wonder himself the firefighters firefighter josh so what's going on not much man how you doing oh man i am doing well doing well getting prepared to uh have a little fun with the family at a uh water park resort kind of deal so uh <laughs> as soon as i get done with all this wonderful podcasting, uh, your man, the voice will be packing up so that we can uh get ready to get out of here and, and
1: get in the water and have some fun. How your end? Good, man. Doing good. Being really busy. I haven't had to cut some of the beard off. It's been so ridiculously hot. I know, right? The heat's finally getting oh, to me. A little
0: bit.
1: <laughs> did, did, did you at least donate to charity? I should have. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, just, uh, I mean, the reason uh, we missed last week is I was uh, painting my uh, baby's room. So I was getting that taken care of. And between that and work, just been real busy. But uh, man, super duper excited to be back and talking some MMA.
0: Hey, uh, well, that's what's up. Well, f- uh, family is your first ministry, so... I'm glad that you took care of the little one's needs as you're supposed to, and the uh, mama bear's needs as you are supposed to. How far out are you all
1: now? We have until October 1st.
0: Oh, okay. So a little under,
1: well, a little over
0: a month left to go. I know when my oldest was born. The day, and I I didn't know why my wife was feeling like this, but a couple weeks out, she started nesting real big. And the day of, she was like, you need to do this. You need to do that. I was like, why is she bothering me? I had no idea she was in labor the whole day. She didn't tell me until after (laughs) I got done. uh, I had a show that I was doing on terrestrial radio at the time. And I was on my way back from the radio station and she was like, you know, just to let you know I'm in labor. I was like, what? She's like, no, don't speed. I've been in labor all day. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? She's like, I didn't want you to be concerned. I'm not ready to go yet. And uh, we we went out and uh, had barbecue and everything <laughs> before <laughs> we went to the hospital. Uh, yeah, it's funny. We actually came back. Uh, I use it to my advantage, too, so just FYI. Uh, if you have time to go to the restaurant before um, she goes to have the baby because you're not supposed to eat uh, or they won't feed you while you are in labor and all that kind of good stuff. Hey, use it to your advantage. I went to the, uh, we went to the restaurant. I asked him, if you can do anything to hurry up the meal, she's in labor. I would appreciate <laughs> it. So <laughs> if you can use that to your advantage, hey, Uh, uh, your your man, the voice is giving you the game on how to get your food when you're in labor. You use
1: this stuff to your advantage. (laughs) Absolutely, man. I'll take any pointers I can get.
0: (laughs) uh, If I had it my way, though, and I I, I say this often, uh, I would go back to the olden days where the husband sat out in the waiting room and they came out and told you, what the child was, and you came in after. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> not not that my experience is everyone's experience, but I, I could have done without it. <laughs> I can believe that. I could, uh, ha- have enough of the labor pains of of uh, carrying the kids and doing everything after. But anyway, enough of all of that. Let's talk some fights now. I, as fight fans, just letting you. Behind the curtain, uh, Josh, as I was getting prepared for things, I was telling you about all the fights. I left out one card. Uh, I am going to stick to our agreement of just trying to talk about one fight per card. Uh, but I did leave out one reign of champions and one I'm sorry uh, that I left you out, but um, I, I will just say real quickly, uh, Gary Tonin. Looked very good in his fight. Um, He was in control the whole time. Finished it off with a rear naked choke in the last round. Still needs to work on his stand-up. But the fight I wanted to talk about, and I'll just do it really quickly, was Shinya Aoki versus Shannon Waterchai. Man! Shinya Aoki! Oh my goodness, now, he's been around forever. He's a legend in the sport, and he is not letting up in any way, shape, form, or fashion. This dude was throwing elbows from the pit of Hades. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Open up water chai in the first round. I said uh, that this is going to be the battle of the shins. Uh, Shinya Aoki against uh, <laughs> Shannon. One shin water chai but it wasn't about uh, that Wasn't the bone that was involved. It was those elbows, uh, something great about one. Uh, they have heard my cries or at least the cries of everybody because they didn't, uh, they didn't get back to me and say, Hey, yeah, we did this because you said it, but um, <laughs> what they have done now. So for fight fans out there, if you want to see some of the wonderful stuff is going on in, in one championship, um, Uh, Of course, download the app. The fights are free and visible via the app. But now what they're doing is whenever the fight card is over, they keep the last fight card up until the next one goes live. So right now you could go back and watch all of the reign of Kings right there from your app. All you have to do is go to past events, uh, tap on that specific fight card and it's there for your view you and pleasure, as well as uh, how the fights ended, what round, and all of that goodness, too. So, uh, fight fans, you're welcome. And one says, You're welcome. So, I <laughs> say, uh, one thank you because I've watched them from afar, like, I'll read different things about them, but until they opened up this app, because I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to spend any more money at the time um but now that it's there and it's free yeah i'm all over it anyway speaking of all over it, the pfl number five not the pfl but pfl number five (laughs) took place in uniondale new york same place pfl4 took place and it was the lightweights and the light heavyweights now i'm not sure what pfl is doing right now with their rankings but i went out just to see where everyone stood and let's start with the light heavyweight because that's the one where i'm thoroughly confused on um if you go look at their site they have a crown by side everyone's name who made it to the playoffs there are only four crowns here so I don't know what's going on. I don't know if someone is going to. Well, they, they have to because there are one, two, three, four, shoot, a whole lot of fights. Or I should say a whole lot of fighters only have one fight. Um, and they've all lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, you got to have six. I mean, you got to have eight going in. So all these fighters have to fight on some other card. Maybe they just couldn't make it. On this specific card. Uh, But two more. Well not two more. Four more fighters. Will be getting in. Oh and that's why they don't have the crowns. Beside two people's names. Because some people could actually. Get six points and leapfrog. But those that are going in right now. You got (laughs) Vinny Maga. Oh my goodness. Vinny Maga. Talking about Elbows. Uh, from the pit of Hades, boy. He was throwing nose and all kinds of stuff in his fight. He got in with a first, he got two first round finishes, 12 points. He's in. Maxim Gresham, 11 points. He's in. Dan Spahn, seven points. He's in. Sean, the real OC O'Connell, five points. He's in. Sean still needs another fight, though. Mm-hmm. He still needs another fight. So right now he's ranked fourth. I mean, yeah, he's ranked number four right now with five points, but he could still go in a bit higher depending on that second fight. Uh, then hanging right there on the fringe, you got Rakeem mm-hmm. Cleveland and Brandon Halsey, the former Bellator middleweight champion. Uh, so those are your light heavyweights that are going in. Uh, were there any of uh, those wonderful fighters who uh, sweat and play it <laughs> for our pleasure that you wanted to talk about?
1: Um, no, but I did want to just mention really quick that Sean O'Connell um, did clinch a spot even with the one fight. So if he, even if he were to lose, uh, he might just be seated lower, but he still is going to make it in after you get these other gentlemen to fight. Um <laughs> You're absolutely correct. That's just something, again, I kind of wanted to point to, allude to with these, um, with how the point system works. Even though he's only got one fight, he's already clinched his spot um, so he can go out and honestly, he can fight. Uh, He can kind of pick and choose uh, the style in which he wants to fight if he wants to try to go out, do another very quick victory, much like uh, Vinny. Or if he wants to try to, you know, some other style. But this, it's just something that I noticed uh, while you were talking about it. That, yeah, even with the one fight, he's already clinched his spot. But I don't really have much to talk about there. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to talk about.
0: That was a good point to uh, share with the people. Because you're right. He does have a crown. I didn't say that. Dan Spahn also has clinched his spot. Um But, yeah, that that does make a big difference. And one of the things that makes a PFL so intriguing. One fight, he did enough in that fight to make it to the playoffs. I'm still um, waiting to see how the whole playoffs thing works out (laughs) or works because two fights in one night, yeah, that just sounds like a recipe for disaster uh, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. I, I'm sure somebody's going to win and not be able to make it forward, and some alternate is going to have to come in. That's just how things work. Well, how things are working in the lightweight division, you got the uh, number one seed, or number one ranked person right now, Natan Schulte, with nine points. Will Brooks also clinched the spot with six points, two uh <laughs> Two three round decisions. Um, where you, if you're not planning on talking about him, I let me say this I like the fact that he's owning that he's a boring fighter. I really like that. You know, at the end, he's he was like, Yeah, and I don't care what you say, you can boom me, <laughs> boom me, I'm winning, boom me. I'm like, Yes, that's great. Uh, which is the reason why, again, I'm letting back the curtain. Uh, to a lot of fight fans to see what takes place as we prepare to host the main card. Uh, I called him King Boo. So that's his nickname. <laughs> uh, now it's King Boo. Yeah, King Boo, King of the Boos. Because it looks like he's going to keep boring his way to a win. Um, you got Islam uh, Memedov with six points as well. Chris Wade has six points. So all four of those fighters are in got Chris watley with five he's in Brian Foster with four he's in and rashid Megamemetoff with three points he is in uh there's yet a fight that has to be um made which is and this is the lightweight division um I'm just looking at the fighters that have been um eliminated and I don't see the name of one person which I don't see that name at all, which is interesting. Um, which is Jason High. He's not listed here, but they've got Ramsey Hidjem oh, yeah. and uh, Tiago Tavares as being still in contention. I guess they still have a fight. Oh, and yeah, I don't know why they don't have um, Jason High or uh, Efren Escudero listed here, but uh, they're both—they've both been eliminated as well. They just don't have them listed. Uh, maybe because they've been black eyes on the PFLs, like, yeah, let's not even, let's not even put them up there. <laughs> <laughs> like a very good chance. <laughs> All right. Uh And if you don't know, Efren Escudero missed weight for both of his fights. Missed weight worse the second time than he did the first time. And they wouldn't even allow him to fight. And Jason High, of course, um, had that questionable loss in his first fight. Second fight, he went clean <laughs> to sleep. Uh Natan Schulte rocked him to sleep uh, so much so he was
1: trying to take the uh ref down and, and knee the ref in the He threw a knee in. He threw a knee and old, uh, I think Dan Murgillada was, was the ref, and he just kind of laughed it off. But yeah, it was a little comical.
0: <laughs> right. Uh Anyone you wanted to point out from pfl five in the lightweight division
1: uh in the lightweight division um i mean you talked about will brooks right i really wasn't going to talk about uh will brooks i do kind of want to mention robert Watley. he's uh, another guy that he's the he was the opponent um for yeah. will brooks this go around uh i think he's a very fun fighter very electric fighter i think uh uh even when i was looking at the the uh strikes and stuff like the stats they had at the end of the fight um with the amount of time that Will Brooks uh, controlled position against the and on the ground, I think Watley was still able to land a couple more strikes, which I thought was very interesting um, in the very limited time that he had to throw strikes, um, which was kind of neat. Uh, and then Chris Wade, if you didn't get a chance to see it, um, uh, really the Chris Wade, uh, who did he fight? Let me go back to the mm-hmm. list here. I forget who he fought. I was just getting
0: ready to check, but last
1: time I uh, did that, Yuki Kawana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh uh, yeah, I was like, oh man, I just lost it. I, I have, Chris, wait, um, that was a, a very, uh, very good fight. Um, lot of, lot of submission work. I believe that was a. He started off with like a flying front kick. Oh like, yeah, like, like yeah, one, was like one or like two seconds into the fight. Right and um, as soon as they said fight, <laughs> they both went flying across the cage. That's, that's it. I mean, it was other. nothing. Um, and then uh, a, just a lot of um, of really good submission work uh, by by both guys. Honestly, I, I mean, you'll, if you watch the fight, you'll you'll think I'm crazy for saying that because uh, Yuki Kawano was essentially in some semblance of a choke the entire time. But the fact that he went from about eight seconds into the fight. And I don't think he f- was finished until 4.30, right around there. Um, he was able to fight these different chokes and continue using position, just very, very good uh, uh, groundwork. Uh, defensively, he did eventually succumb to a guillotine choke uh, in that first round, which gave Wade the, the win. But other than that, um, uh, I don't really have anything else. I mean, a, a lot of decisions this card. Um Yes. But I guess you know a lot. Of, again, a lot of guys, you know, if, if they already had their points, or if they didn't, they knew they just had to win. That could be the downside to the PFL um, in these second fights. But for the most part, a lot of them were still very good fights, very entertaining fights. Even some of the decisions. So
0: agreed. But yeah, it it definitely was not. Um, it was not the. The standard that we've been used to with the PFL has been a lot of exciting fights. Uh, this by far was their least exciting fight. Mm. Uh, we'll see how things go with PFL 6, which takes place on next Thursday. so be looking out for that. Alright, moving on in order. Next up was UFC Calgary. I thought it was Calgary um, <laughs> until I was listening to the MMA uh, road show and one of the people on there uh, he was he lives in Calgary he's like no it's just Calgary it's like sometimes you hear people say Calgary but it's just Calgary (laughs) I guess it's kind of like where I am here in the wonderful state of Missouri Uh, depending on where in the state you're located uh, you either pronounce it the way that the world pronounces it as Missouri or you say Missouri. Oh boy, I, anyway, don't get me started. I, one one of the legislators was on C-SPAN. It was like, yeah, so-and-so, so, so, uh, Missouri, and all the Missourians. <laughs> I don't know Missouri ends. What are you talking about? I have never but, you know, heard Missouri before. That's interesting. Yeah, j- just if you're in the major cities, you won't hear it. Hmm. Uh, when you go to some of the other cities, then... Uh, You'll hear Missouri, yes.
1: Interesting. Uh,
0: Yeah, so, well, uh, enough about all that. We're talking about Calgary, uh, which uh, they also wear cowboy hats in Calgary, as they do in different places in Missouri. Uh, But, yeah, in Missouri, they wear cowboy (laughs) hats. In Missouri, we don't. Anyway, um, Dustin Poirier, the Diamond, Jose Aldo, John McDessy and Ross Pearson all earned 50000 extra dollars. McDessy and Pearson for fight of the night. Poirier and Aldo for their uh, performances in their fights, finishing their opponents. Uh, Poirier finishing the underground king, Eddie Alvarez, and Aldo finishing Jeremy Stevens. Uh, I'm going to yield the floor to you. Uh, Sir Bearded won <laughs> and then I'll, I'll talk about my fight.
1: Alright well my fight the one I wanted to talk about was the main event um, I feel like with this fight it would have been almost criminal to just not talk about it with the lead up to it with how the last mm. fight ended with the uh, illegal knees that resulted in uh, a new contest and then just the the, the hype going into the fight where Alvarez was saying some things that, you know, a real fighter wouldn't have just quit. And Poirier was mm. saying, well, I didn't just quit. I wasn't expecting to get kicked and, you know, knee in the face. And, and I, I couldn't continue and fight. I wasn't going to hurt myself. And really a big thing coming on. And then, so the fight comes and starts out um, really well. I think I had the first round going to Eddie Alvarez, um, just a very, the fight you expected. I mean, both guys came out, they were throwing. Um Poirier looked very crisp, very clean. Alvarez was doing just Alvarez things, you know, not you know, shying away from taking a shot in order to give a shot or two back. Um really, all in all, was it was a pretty good first round. And then the second round is where everything kind of crazy happened, is where the finish happened. Um, and it was something that uh I wanted to talk about in particular because in the second round is where I don't want to say it gets con- – uh, I don't want to say it gets uh I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. Not Controversial? I guess controversial. That's a good word. We'll use that because it's not – the ending wasn't necessarily controversial, but some people, depending on if you were a big Eddie Alvarez fan, you would say. But what we had was uh, Mark Goddard was the official, and that's something that's, that's uh, noteworthy here because more than once, yeah, I it is. He stood, he stood up the fighters from lack of action. Um, and the only reason I say that is I was listening to something and, uh, I don't know if it was something I saw on Twitter or if it was something, but somehow Joe Rogan was asking somebody if officials should be more involved with the flow of MMA. And I heard it like two days before this fight. And that's what I saw is if there's any inactivity up against the fence or on the ground, Mark Goddard was standing them up immediately and saying, let's get back to work, gentlemen. I thought that was interesting. But what you had is, um, again, started out again. Everybody was throwing really hard. Uh, Poirier tried to pull a guillotine in standing position. Um, And this is where Mm -hmm. the first of my – where I watched the fight went, this is craziness. Um, Eddie Alvarez just straight grabbed the fence and held it for like, I don't know, probably – Three or four seconds before Goddard realized he was holding the fence, uh, which assisted in not being drugged to the ground in full guard in a very tight guillotine choke, um, was able to hold the, the fence. Uh, eventually, Goddard saw it, slapped his hand away, and they went to the ground. By then, uh, Poirier continued to hold, really kind of blew out his arms. You could see the fatigue mm-hmm. from trying to hold it. Um, I believe. A little bit later, he tried to pull guard. He tried to pull a guillotine guard again, which is what got it on the ground for the, kind of the last sequence. And on that one, he, and this is Poirier saying it. I didn't see it, but apparently uh, Eddie Alvarez was was shoving his finger in his ear and was mm-hmm. was pulling him. He called it just a wet willy, but he's saying he was pulling in the inside of my ear, and and it was and it was bugging me. <laughs> um, but eventually, Alvarez. Uh, got into full mount and was throwing some some solid punches. Really had uh, Poirier in a very very bad spot. And where the controversy comes is uh, Alvarez threw a a illegal twelve to six elbow. And that's you know just straight up and down elbow. It's everybody that's almost anybody says that it's a crazy rule because you can throw a nine to three elbow or you know you can throw a eleven fifty nine to you know. Six or uh, five, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, I... you, you can go off by like a minute, you know what I mean? <laughs> and as long as there's any kind of arc, you can do it. But he throws it and he missed it and glanced off of Poirier's uh, shoulder. But Goddard, I don't know if it was the fact that with the cage grab and with how it ended last time with the illegal shot, that there was another illegal blow by Alvarez, but Goddard stood them back up again and. All of a sudden Poirier found just his timing. He found his distance, landed a super stiff left. um, And after that, just poured it on with that. Uh, If you have not checked out fightmetric.com, I highly suggest it. I do it when I write articles and stuff and just check in pre-fights. Poirier, throws a lot of punches, lands a lot of punches per minute. And we saw that kick on, and he just landed everything. And if I can give any credit to Eddie Alvarez in that last probably 40 seconds is that I cannot believe that guy did not go down until he did. I mean, he probably ate 35, I mean, clean, hard shots. Um right. Poirier and did end up. It back. Yes, it was actually yeah, and actually I at one point when he threw that really hard. Now it was definitely a, an instinctive counter. Um he was just mm-hmm. throwing it to get him off, but I that came really, really close to landing flush, and that could have been just an epic comeback moment. Um but Poirier luckily saw it, was able to step back, it just kind of glanced off the chin. Um, and he just went right back. And, and matter of fact, it, it must have hit him enough because I believe after that he only threw two kicks It didn't actually get. I think he he grabbed a, a tie clinch, threw a, a, a knee, and then threw the two yeah. kicks, and he finally went down. So I don't know if it if he realized, oh man, he's he's gonna throw back, and you know Eddie Alvarez throws back hard. But honestly, a great fight. If you can go back and watch it, I I highly suggest it. It was just as good as we saw from the first fight. <laughs> Um, we just got an actual finish. The controversy again—the twelve to six elbow, standing up, a very dominant position. Um, as far as me personally, I agree with it. I, I I've made that known with the fence grabs. I believe that there should be points taken away for all kinds of things, um, including the eye pokes and fence grabs and and illegal strikes. Um, even the 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 groin shots are, are you know if you get multiple a cup shots in a fight then stuff needs to be taken care of i actually liked this um it's in the rules that he could he can take away a position on it, an illegal strike he took it he used it to his advantage it might be a dumb rule 12 to 6 elbow but it was still a rule and uh i i agree with it
0: yep uh so the moral of the story fight
1: fans, is if you're
0: gonna cheat don't get caught doing it
1: <laughs> absolutely especially don't cheat four times four times in one round you know at least spread it out right well and, and here's the thing uh
0: on that that 12 to 6 elbow if you are able to go back and watch it he was grabbing the fence with the other hand oh, i didn't, threw that I didn't even it. notice yes because i thought at first i thought he did it because of the fence grab because he had just told him before that stop grabbing the fence and literally you see Goddard's face right there, and his hand all in the fence. It's like, dude, what is what are you doing now? It may have just been instinctual because of all of the damage that had been that had taken place up to that point. Again, uh, kind of as Poirier said, I don't think Eddie is an intentionally dirty fighter, uh, but he does look for uh, any advantages, and, and that he, he's Poirier talked about the. The wet Willie, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and he said that he was able to kind of grab a hold of his head and turn his head with it. Uh, and in saying it, I, I want to say because Poirier was on both uh the MMA Hour and um Dana, I mean, not Dana White, Ariel Helwani's MMA show back to back this week. Um, and I forget which one he was on when he said it, but he was he. As he said, he was like, I, I never thought about it, you know." So it was like it, it was wrong, but that was pretty
1: ingenious <laughs> as well. <so. laughs> exactly, and <laughs> who, hard who and hard knows. to see. You know what I mean? Definitely right. something you can hide.
0: You may see uh, more people looking like they're grabbing the back of the head and putting a finger on someone's <laughs> ear. <laughs> All right. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, The Voices Marking matchup for UFC Calgary was Jose Aldo versus uh, Jeremy Stevens. And it was that way because, as I said, on the MMA main card, this fight really held a lot of weight for those fighters. Had Stevens won, he would have continued on this win streak that he had going into the fight beating the most notable foe in uh, his MMA career and Aldo needed that win badly coming off of two losses though they were to uh, the champion still coming off of those two losses Um, and even though he did beat Frankie you almost forget about that fight you only remember him losing to Aldo and then losing uh, back to back to Holloway so For his career's sake, he really, really needed a win. And when the fight started off, I was scared for Aldo because he seemed really tentative uh, around the first minute or so. Uh, They both were throwing hard. Both caught each other with uppercuts. But that liver shot with a minute left was the beginning of the end for Stevens. Aldo followed it to the ground, threw the ground and pound, Ref called it off with 40 seconds left uh, when Stevens went belly down and took two unanswered hammer fists. This was the first stoppage that Aldo has had since August of 2013. That's a long time. That's five years since he stopped anyone. Five years. Stopped him. Stopped the losing streak. And, oh, my goodness, even to, you know, even if you listen to some different shows and stuff, you'll hear, and obviously you're listening to this show, so mm. you'll hear people talking about how beautiful the display of emotion was that Aldo had after that victory. That stands out so much so. I mean, he just he he let it go. Uh, kind of a tip of the hat to uh, old 90s Movie, uh, he exhaled. He, excelled. <laughs> he was, uh, <laughs> it was like, he was waiting to exhale, and he finally exhaled and uh, let it go. And it was just so so beautiful. A lot of times, when fighters cry, they get made fun of a la Daniel Cormier. But this was something that everyone that I've heard, listened to has had nothing but positive things to say. Uh, because although you know, when he comes out to the ring. He got. He runs out. He may wiggle his head a little bit. He doesn't make eye contact. He really does not show emotion, uh, not publicly. Now, when he lost to uh, Connor, I kind of think the UFC did him a little dirty because they had the camera back there uh, in the dressing room and he was bawling. And they let it left it on him for a while. I was like, this is kind of uncomfortable. Can we go um, to a different shot, please? But to see him now crying you know just so fast forward from being shown for what seemed like an eternity on camera bawling because he had lost for the first time in 10 years to him crying tears of joy for winning a fight that he had to win for his legacy say he had to win for the sake of continuing to fight and getting his first stoppage in five years yeah beautiful 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 all right so next fight uh in session is dan white tuesday night contender series and fight fans uh, because we are covering two weeks of fights and a lot of fights uh on top of that uh again letting you behind the scenes i should have said this in the beginning but if you can tell we're only talking about a couple of fights so uh the Bearded Wonder, We'll talk about a fight. I will talk about a fight since the bearded one to lead off uh, UFC Calgary. I'll lead off Dana White Tuesday night contender <laughs> series 15 and the fighter that I want to talk about is the former LFA 185 pound champ Ian Heinish. Oh my goodness. He went turn of the century <laughs> ludicrous on Justin Sumpter. I mean, he was throwing them bowls, just throwing them, man. <laughs> uh, and punched his ticket into the UFC with that performance. If you don't know about Ian Heinish, which I didn't before the fight, oh my goodness, this man's story is phenomenal. Got caught up in uh, the drug life, uh, left the U.S., fleeing from uh, authorities. Went to Europe and wound up getting back into selling drugs over there and was in a horrible Spanish prison. Gave his life to God and has turned things all the way around. Now, uh, after he did about three years in uh, prison in Spain, he got shipped back to Colorado, did time there. Uh, they had an SOS on which I didn't know anything about which is stab on sight and that following day he was supposed to be taken out but and he did get get taken out he got taken out by the US Marshals who took him out of that prison and said time served you are done he gives glory to God Uh, he is the first fighter that I've seen to dress up at Danny White 2 in that contender series usually everyone else when they're done fighting, you just see them still sitting in whatever they had on. This man loves guy. He looks like he had just uh, come out of a Sunday morning service with his tie and shirt <laughs> on. I know he was hot. He said he didn't wear uh, his jacket because it was just too hot for that. But uh, he dressed the part. He looked the part and then had the presence of mind. He really kicked it off. Uh, And you start seeing a lot of other fighters do it. But Heinrich kicked it off by calling out the fight that he wanted after he got the contract. And he said, look, I want to fight everyone who is at 185 who came out of the contender series. That was a great and a smart move. Um, One person I know of who really has made a name for himself, got to meet earlier this year. Uh, is oh man, and now I can't think of Julian Marquez. Whoo, his name uh escaped me just that quickly, <laughs> but uh, I would love to see that fight. Love to see it. Uh, who did you have from episode 15?
1: I had Jordan Griffin versus Maurice Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Um, that fight was uh. Just super back and forth. Um, Mitchell was able to land quite a few shots. Uh, Griffin came back and actually caught him. And I, I honestly thought, because I know that everybody was talking up Griffin, I believe that was Paul Felder's training yes, partner. Yeah. Or they See, trained he together or something. Yep. Yeah, so that he was talking about him and so you know obviously I I'm not super familiar with some of the, some of these fighters. Um a lot of the LFA guys I am, but uh you know I didn't know about either of these guys and um when he when when, when that is he Griffin landed just this sh- nasty straight right and knocked out Mitchell's mouthpiece and Mitchell didn't even like blink at it. I went, "Well, this might be interesting cuz this guy's obviously um he's got a chin." Mm-hmm. Uh But – and then again, Mitchell just continued to push forward, push forward, push forward. Um, And then Griffin uh, was able to kind of swarm him, really came in with with some very crisp combo. Uh, As Mitchell was trying to circle away, Griffin just clips him with a – I want to say like a left hook and just drops him. And uh, much like we talked a few weeks ago, um, instead of pouncing on the ground and pound – he came in, did not over attack the uh, the mount. Was able to come in very uh, consciously. Came in relatively slow. I think used a shot or two to just kind of set it up. Slipped in the deepest rear naked choke I have probably ever seen in my life. Um, and I mean, within seconds, I mean there was there was no chance that that Mitchell was getting out of this. Um, it was it was crazy. I thought he was gonna pop his head off. I mean, it was the deepest rear naked choke i've ever seen and got the got the win um it obviously impressed dana white enough that he called out the uh, other three fighters that him and the matchmakers had agreed on given the contract and on the spot decided you know what i'm not going to pass up on this i also want griffin and called him out so uh definitely definitely worth it i mean really uh, put on a great performance, um, very technical striker, very good. I don't think he threw ever through just one punch. Everything was was combinations. Um, and then, again, he was experienced enough that when he knocked down his opponent, he didn't overplay it, which you see quite often. Guys will try to jump in and grab a guillotine or rear naked choke really quickly, but they go too fast. They end up flipping over the top of the, the opponent, and then they're able to catch their, their breath and get their head right. Um, but he was so particular, so deliberate, um, and well deserved getting the uh, the contract.
0: Yeah, agreed, and I'm glad that Dana called that audible uh, and took Griffin. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a great, great victory for him, and two great gems going against each other. Maurice Mitchell, who is, I believe, the older brother of Terrence Mitchell, who was on the Ultimate Fighter season of Champions, where they were trying to find someone to fight DJ because they had run out of people uh, to put up against (laughs) DJ. Uh, Maurice Mitchell training with Team Alpha Male, uh, taking on the native psycho, uh, who is Jordan Griffin. Yeah, that that was a great fight uh, for that card. Um, Oh, I already gave my person for that card. I'm all confused. (laughs) All right, well, next up is UFC 227. Your bonus winners were Demetrius Johnson and Henry Cejudo for the fight of the night. What a technical fight it was. Um, I had it for DJ and many people, uh, many of the people that I uh, heard also had it for DJ, like most of the pros and many of the pundits had it for DJ It was such a close fight. You can't be upset that Cejudo won. I still don't understand how not one judge gave DJ round uh, five, but hey, it it is what it is. Um, Because honestly, I don't think Cejudo should have won round two, which everybody gave to him. You were on top for a minute, but he really didn't do anything for it. The other four minutes, uh, DJ was putting in some good work on the feet, but anyway, I digress. Mm-hmm. That's not my mark. That's not uh the marquee matchup. The marquee matchup was Hanato Moicano and Cub Swanson for many of the reasons that Jose Aldo and uh, Jeremy Stevens was the marquee matchup for Calgary. But I'm going to uh, give the floor to my man, the Bearded Wonder. After saying that, not only did Moicano get a performance of the night bonus, but TJ did too. All right. What fight do you have for that card?
1: That's actually the one I will be talking about. Is again I'm gonna hit the main event. Um, just much like the last fight's main event, uh that is UFC Calgary's main event, had a lot of hype and a lot of build up. Uh this one probably had more hype and far more build up. Um again, this was a a rematch. Uh this card featured two title rematch fights. Mm-hmm. Um and this one in particular was definitely the, uh, you know, the the. if you're not familiar with it, T.J. Dillashaw used to train with Cody Garbrandt. It was part of the gym over there and left. And there's just been this really big falling out. Um, I've listened to multiple podcasts that Cody Garbrandt has been on that said that when he trained with T.J. Dillashaw, uh, that he was kind of a, a dirty sparring partner and he would throw shots after the bell and all these crazy things. So a lot of stuff has been said, a lot of, of buildup. Uh, the first fight was just, I mean, two rounds of absolute craziness, um, just two guys that were just slugging it out. Garbrandt drops Dillashaw uh, with like 10 seconds left. Uh, isn't able to finish them. Dillashaw comes back in the second round, drops Garbrandt, and and wins the fight, gets his belt back. And b- again, big hype, big display coming into it. Uh, if I can say anything to anybody that wants to be a fighter, if you're listening to this and you want to be a fighter, just do yourself a favor and touch gloves. <laughs> because I've I've just I've never seen somebody that has refused to touch gloves when the other guy's willing to, I've never seen that guy win. It just doesn't happen. Um, So of course there's, there's all this, this, this talk going on. Um, Dillashaw comes out and honestly in Garbrandt's defense has a perfect strategy comes out throwing kicks, which he didn't do in the first round Um, was kind of Dillashaw wasn't able to gauge distances as as quickly as I think he would have liked. Um, Cause all of a sudden Garbrandt's throwing head kicks. He's throwing leg kicks. He's throwing kicks to the body. Um, something again, that didn't happen in the last fight. Uh, Garbrandt's doing, you know, again, Garbrandt is super fast, very good head motion. He was getting in, landing punches, getting out. Um, and then he has the most epic of brain farts. If I've ever seen one uh, TJ Dillashaw slips on a, a relatively light. I didn't even think it was a, a headshot. I think he hit him in the, like the chest Um, But Dillashaw slipped. I don't think it was a knockdown. It it looked like he slipped to me. Garbrandt got way too excited, jumped in, started just throwing haymakers exactly like he did last fight. Chin up, arms wide, throwing as hard as he can, and somebody was about to land, and it happened to be TJ Dillashaw. Uh, Caught him with the same exact punch that put Garbrandt away in the
0: first round. They were both
1: thrown at the same time. same
0: and, thing. Uh, and T.J. caught him. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, clipped him uh, in the chin. And if there's one thing, and I, I said something about it on Twitter, um, uh, Cody Garbrandt, for whatever reason, it's he has almost no survival instinct when he gets hit. I don't know if you've noticed that, but in the first fight when he got hit, when he got clipped by by T.J., he continu- he ca- he tried to roll away from T.J., and therefore, creating this distance, and with distance comes posture. With posture comes punches, and 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 ability to, to get on there. Now, last time in the last fight, there wasn't as much to do. I mean, he got rocked, and and TJ was able to pounce on top and end the fight quickly. Well, this one, I just don't understand. I mean, I think it was like the last minute; he had to survive a fifty-two seconds or something crazy uh, to, to to get out of the first round, right. and. Instead of just trying to clinch, instead of grabbing a hold of a leg, he did that initially, but he got hit and his initial instinct was to roll back again. And uh, I think that's something that I don't know how you simulate that in training um, because, I mean, you're not going to just punch your your starfighter in the face until he's woozy and then have him start fighting. Um, But there's got to be something there. Uh, you know you see these guys that get rocked and their instinct is to shoot for a double leg try to get the guy down or shoot for a clinch hold him up against the fence get your head right all cody wanted to do was make distance and at one point before he got put away he actually pushes dj away or tj away dillashaw and actually motions come on then <laughs> and i'm like you you he couldn't even stand up he had to lean against the cage mm-hmm. to do it and he's like come on then. and i'm like what is he he has 52 seconds and he can sit down for a minute and he might be able to come back and it might be the reversal of last fight. But there being said, um, you know, there's a lot of talk of, of TJ Dillashaw being and, and rightfully. So the record books indicate uh, TJ Dillashaw is a phenomenal bantamweight, weight. Um, and, and he did exactly what he was supposed to. He kept his game plan. He kept his composure and let uh, the eagerness and um, the, the, desire to get back at T.J. Dillashaw, mm. work against Cody Garbrandt as opposed to for him. Um, I have no idea what's next for Garbrandt. Um, I have no idea. I mean, he was meteoric rise to the top, and uh, now all of a sudden two two quick finishes. Um, but nonetheless, kudos to T.J. Dillashaw. I mean, had a game plan, stuck to it, did phenomenal, uh, and, you know, uh, hats off to him.
0: Yep, agreed wholeheartedly. Um yeah, I, I don't know what what happens with Cody going forward. Yeah, I don't know. And some of the some of the criticisms against Team Alpha Male kind of come to light here. It's like well he and they say that Cody didn't develop between this fight and last fight. Well he was hurt a lot, so who's to say he mm-hmm. could have trained? to do much development uh one thing i'll say differently or one thing i'll say about this that was brought out was uh, and i think tj said this is that cody was preparing for the tj that he fought last where this time it was noticeable to me most of the time dj i mean not dj tj is coming forward throwing kicks, throwing strikes, he's the one that is uh, the aggressor. And that's been a knock on him, is that his aggressive nature, uh, being overly (laughs) aggressive and hurting people in uh, training and things of that nature. But Mm -hmm. he was looking to be the counter-striker. And I think that's where the difference really was. When did Cody have his greatest victory? He did it against Dominic Cruz what was Dominic Cruz doing coming forward what was Cody doing he was leading the dance with his counters and with his movement and things of that nature Cody had to be the aggressor and I think that's really where where it it was worse for him because it built on this impulsive nature that we know that Cody has to go out and and do different things and, and it just did not work out well for him hopefully he finds his groove and, and does some different things. I know there's been some talk. And he talked about possibly going down to 125 uh, before. Maybe um, maybe that would be a good reset while he's still young and can get down there, uh, especially with things being open now that uh, Cejudo has a belt. Who knows? Uh, but as I stated, my fight for that car, which is also the Voices marquee matchup, Pitt, Hanato Moicano, and now it escapes my mind who he was fighting. Who did Moicano fight? It was that lightweight. Cub Swanson. Want- no, it was featherweight. That's right. Cub Swanson. Cub And again, just like <clears throat> my marquee matchup on Calgary was also a featherweight fight. It was for the same reasons. I wanted to see how was Moicano going to react after his first professional loss he had not lost ever before losing in the UFC against Brian TCD Ortega and for real he was beating Ortega like the whole fight until until he wasn't it was like in the last <laughs> round TCD pulled out victory from the jaws of defeat and won the fight and again that was Moicano's first professional loss. I wanted to see how he was going to rebound from that. Uh on the other hand, you have Cub Swanson who also lost to T-City. But then he also lost in his uh fight his last fight against Frankie Edgar getting stopped. So it's like, man, you got stopped by T-City, you got stopped by Edgar. Um you know, you you've been losing and really he looked lethargic and and lackluster in his fight with frankie eggers like how's he gonna look against someone who has all the opportunity to be a killer in moicano and he didn't look good he didn't look good once again i know he's got a new contract and i know uh that there was a little bump in pay with that contract with but right now he's looking like not even a gatekeeper. I I don't know what's going on with Cub Swanson, but I knew this was a watershed moment for him, and unfortunately, um, where the water landed is a place that is drowning Cub Swanson. So I don't know. I don't know how the UFC is going to match him up. He is a name fighter. He's been with the company since the WEC days. Uh, so you know he could still headline a a fight card, but yeah, it's just not looking good for Cubs Swanson and noto kind of on the other end rebounded very, very well, and then called out Ortega for interim titles like i I hope that there's not another interim uh belt, but it, if there was one, this one would make sense to make because mm-hmm. of uh because of the uncertainty when it comes to the champ Max Holloway uh, and it's a rematch and more was like, look, I was winning the fight. So, Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. I just don't know about the interim belt, you know, but, but kudos to him for, for <laughs> what he did with that. All right. Last but not least within a, about an hour into this podcast, we've got Danny white Tuesday night contender series 16, the, final episode for this season. Dana said probably won't come around again until next summer. Uh, I know they're supposed to be doing, I believe, let me say, they're supposed to be doing a Brazilian version of this. Um, And they may be doing just one fight or doing a whole bunch of, and I don't mean one fight specifically, but one fight card. Or they may be just running them all through within a week's time. I don't know how they're doing it, but I know that's supposed to be taking place in the tough gym. And then the tough gym will be decommissioned. They're moving everything over to a new gym that they're building on the grounds of the PI and the UFC headquarters. Uh, So kind of uh, uh, a bittersweet moment. You're moving forward, but you're leaving back a place really where not the UFC was born, but where the UFC emerged like a phoenix from the ashes and really took off it it was really its launching point uh the the Mm -hmm. days prior to that you know it it was a ufc in its infancy but that's where it took legs and start walking like the like the fighter that it is anyway dana white tuesday night contender series 16 the fight that i choose or the fighter that i choose to highlight I think you know who it is. I'll let you take a guess. Take a wild guess. Uh,
1: the one that you choose. Yes. Oh man, and I remember you tweeting something about it. I can't even remember who it was. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, I, I think I did more tweeting about the fighter that you're going to highlight. Um, but as my, I didn't tweet anything about this one actually. No, I take it oh, back. I did, I did. I, I
1: did, I did.
0: You got I did tweet about Who, this who, you
1: do- one. who are you doing then?
0: <laughs> I tweeted Luke Thomas. Talking about Thomas. yes, talking about my man. That's right. Nigel stand up. Kennedy and Chuquo. Cool. And I don't think I said it right, but I that- did better this time than I did on the main card, that's for sure. Um <laughs> he said that he now everyone on this season of Danny White Tuesday night contender series who came back from the previous season and they won their fight on season one and won that fight on season two got a contract and that's what happened with my man Kennedy that's right Niger stand up two Nigerian fighters in the UFC from the contender series this season I can't be happier Niger is taking over we need, I need the uh, UFC Nigeria hat. I've been wanting it ever since uh, Usman <laughs> and, uh, and, Bam, and Bamboche got in. I was like, where's the hat? Where's the hat? They, they didn't have it. You're going to have to have it now because Niger's just taking over. we taking over the UFC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, let me calm down. So, yes, he said <laughs> he needs more experience. Look, and I, I've shared with everyone before. Uh, you can tweet me. At The Voice, T-H-A, V as in Victor, O, Y as in Yankee, Z as in Zulu, E. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can get at me via any of those social platforms and say you are not being an unbiased media person. And I will tell you, you are right when it comes to Nigeria. I'm not being biased. so you can you can i won't say sue me please don't do that uh, i don't have much anyway but uh you can be mad at me block me do whatever i don't care you can come after me on that one when it comes to nigeria i'm not being unbiased i'm biased for my nigerian fighters and if you don't like it well you don't like it anyway he got the kia the key, the ko and he got the contract uh and he said himself that he needed more experience when he was in last time at that time off and those couple fights in between contender series really helped him to get some seasoning and uh, he was able to get the victory. I still think he looked a little tentative. So I'm a bit concerned when he gets under the bright lights for real, how things are going to go for him. But man, his backstory, which is something that wasn't talked about on this episode, but Yeah, his backstory is phenomenal. Came to the States with his mother and father as a child. He said that their marriage looked like a picture-perfect marriage until his mother got sick. When she got sick, his father left, said, I'm not dealing with this, left her ill, and Kennedy stepped up to make sure that he was taken care of, that his mom was taken care of. I think he's got a little brother, too, that he was uh, helping out. Dropped out of school to care for his sick mother and ensure that everything was in order and went full-time as a fighter to try to make money to take care of these things. He's got a GoFundMe out there, and he only got a couple hundred dollars out of the 30000 he was looking for for this, and that's been out for a couple years ever since his mom got sick. Um, I don't know what the status is right now, but I know he was like, Yes, this is great because I can start providing a little bit better for my family. Um, so I am rooting for him, uh, regardless of whether or not he's Nigerian. I am rooting for him because his story is phenomenal and he gave glory to God, so you know. He he he's just checking all the boxes. Jesus, Nigeria. <laughs> on, the only thing he that uh, he doesn't have going for him is that I don't believe he's Europe. But if he was, then psh, you couldn't tell me anything. But anyway, <laughs> that's that's that. Uh, the person you picked, I think, has a pretty interesting backstory too. Uh, so go ahead and share with the people the fighter and the fight that you chose.
1: You might have to give us uh, some context to that backstory as well when when we get through this. But uh, I did um, the the fight I chose was uh, Devonte Smith versus Joseph Lowry. 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 Yes. Uh, Lowry won. Uh, Smith. That is Devonte Smith won via uh, KO elbows. Um, and it's interesting that this is the fight that I chose. Um, Part of it for this reason that he won with the elbows because as we just talked a little bit ago about the 12 to three elbows mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry the, the, the 12 of six elbows, elbows are illegal yeah. uh, he landed some of the some nasty nine to three elbows <laughs> <laughs> uh, that uh, that just completely put out um, Larry as he was looked like he was, he was going for a double Ooh. leg up against the uh, cage um, matter of fact, I actually thought that he was repositioning until I realized that he was that he was knocked out uh just how he was kind of his body was postured up when he went to the one knee mm-hmm. i thought he was fixing to lift and throw and then he didn't and uh i kind of you know you watch for another one or two elbows and you realize oh that joker was knocked out some really really hard elbows um really that's all there is to say about it i mean it was very quick, very quick fight uh but uh nonetheless very exciting fight um I, I just things like that. Just seeing that power generated like that. Uh, we talked uh, weeks ago in Bellator with the the, the knockouts with the hammer fist. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it. Um, it is just something about that that short motion that, that can generate that much power. Um, especially, and this is something that people are going to have to look at. Uh, being a an, an unorthodox striker, um, a guy that can throw stuff like that. Uh, close by. I mean, that's something that that he can bring into the UFC. People try to take him down as opposed to getting hit. Um, Now it's something that you got to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, That's the fight I chose. I am curious to hear about his backstory, though, because I know very little about it.
0: All right. Well, just like Kennedy was taking care of his mother, this young... (laughs) All right. Seems like uh, each week we have to do a take two. So, uh, take two. Devontae Smith, as I stated, just like Kennedy, he also was taking care of his mother. At the age of 23, he bought her a house. He wanted to make sure that he and his family were able to live uh, as comfortably as they could, so he purchased a house for her. At the age of 23, he worked hard kept saving money until he could save enough money to get them the apartments and uh, different places and into a home, a stable home. And his mother was there cheering him on at the fight. As soon as he came out, she was like, yeah, yeah, that's my baby. And and sure enough, her baby um, with, tons and tons of charm now this is one person i did tweet about i was like a star is born that boy is oozing just the it factor um and i'm looking forward to seeing him and like i said with this story too it's just yeah it's a, just a feel-good story somebody you can get behind so uh kudos to him salute to him looking forward to seeing uh Devontae smith fight in the big show as well as so many of the other fighters there were i want to say about 23 25 contracts giving out some crazy number this year um but hey uh, it it was definitely a very productive summer for the ufc all right well this is a dark week as far as fights are concerned none of the um none of the main fight promotions, uh, even something that you might consider B-level, like a a PFL or a 1, nobody has anything, uh, not from the the main organization standpoint, I mean, unless you want to count Risen, but yeah, I I don't. (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) I just don't. Yeah, nothing... (laughs) (sighs) nothing this week the next fight will be uh on august 16th you'll have pfl six uh taking place you got uh cooper who took out jake shields in phenomenal fashion uh about a month or so ago he'll be fighting on that card i wonder if Shields is going to be able to make it um because yeah he got just really really demolished on that card i don't know if he'll be cleared to fight or not, but uh, he's fighting. You got a bunch of meds on there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jose Cotton is taking on Kayla Harrison. Can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. Car the uh, magomedov. You reveal for versus Joao Zafarino. Yeah, well, it looks like Jake Shields is fighting. And he's on the Facebook prelims. Shocker, Ooh, yeah. real shocker. <laughs> um, <sighs> Uh, so is Eddie Truck Gordon. Uh, so yeah, but that takes place on the 16th. Then after that, you've got another card coming up. Um, I forget who's fighting on that card after the 16th. Oh, Bellator, Bellator, yeah, so, Bellator 204. Uh, but you won't hear about that for about a week or so. Who knows? We may, we may come back with something real quick after uh, PFL 6, we may let that marinate and then talk about that in Bellator. Either way it goes, you know you're going to be getting more from your man, the voice, and the bearded wonder when it comes to
1: aftermath.
0: Anything you want to leave with the people before, uh, before we come back to them at another time?
1: Uh, yes. Uh, again, there are, there are a couple, um, you know, if you wanted to watch like a uh, LFA has an event going on tomorrow. Um, but yes, nothing, nothing major. Um, so if you needed a fix, you've got something like that. Uh, go back and watch any of these fights we've talked about. If you want to get on, you know, catch some of these and see them for yourself. I mean, we only covered two fights per card. Um, there was a lot of really good fights in there. Um, and off. Yes. The other thing, the only other thing I wanted to mention is, is if you guys follow us on social media, or whatever, um, it'd be kind of cool to see if you liked how this thing went. Like doing the two fights and kind of keep it running and flowing. I know we did uh, more events than we typically would do in a week, but um, I know I personally really enjoyed this this format. You know, it wasn't fumbling around trying to figure out which fight do we need to do. It gave me more time to focus on the one fight that I wanted to talk about per card. Um, if you all like it let us know follow us on twitter facebook social uh, uh Instagram all those things um and we'd love to hear from you if you got questions and stuff too
0: absolutely give them your uh
1: your handle so that they can
0: reach out to you
1: directly this this is true I should be i believe I am for both instagram and twitter I am at bearded moose and that is m zero zero s e so Bearded Moose, that is Instagram and Twitter, and I'm just Josh Moosel, that's Mouse with an L, on Facebook if you want to get on there. I also have a page that I'm starting called Ambush Sports um, that'll have a, a couple of things, write-ups and such uh, as well if you wanted to check that nice. out on Facebook. Yeah, I just launched it a couple days ago, trying to rebrand my blog to Ambush Sports. So working on nice. that currently.
0: Yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that information, and uh, I'm really excited about the rebrand because I know uh, much of it was and is still geared geared towards uh, fantasy football. Yes. Uh, but now that you're branching out and, and covering some different <laughs> things, having a name that's all-encompassing is nice. Why, why am Bush? Is it because of the beard, the, the bushy beard? You know, Wait. I
1: am. The beard at one <laughs> we actually it's actually a part of that yes um but i've got a, a buddy that's riding with me um and he has a tattoo when he was in the uh, air force that he got that was a tiger i have one of a lion and while we were sitting there talking about and just discussing like almost simultaneously we kind of had the idea of let's do something uh with these big cats and ambush sports just came about and uh again it was something encompassing he writes for golf and uh, likes to write for football as well i noticed that my blog definitely was geared towards football but i have been basically only writing mma for the, for the last uh three months or so so i decided i thought it was the time to uh really kick that off and start to cover uh more things i think we even have a guy that's interested in writing for baseball so nice um, but definitely my focus will be uh almost exclusively on MMA um, because I've realized that I just completely enjoy talking about it with you and writing about it. And just the level of growth I have seen as a fight fan doing this show and uh, sitting down and, and writing in such a way to get anybody to understand um, has made my watching experience far and away better.
0: And, look, and, and even brought uh, your wife and unborn child into the fold. That's it. <laughs> they, they they are both MMA fans now because of of uh, of your love being um, cultivated. So that that's what's up. Well, uh, of course, Trackstar Sports is the vehicle that is the brand and the outlet that makes all of this possible. So you can follow uh, follow Trackstar Sports. Uh, That's track stars with a Z So track star and then a Z And then sports after that With the exception of Twitter Because uh, Yeah the handle was too long so they wouldn't let us So we just had to do sports on Twitter But Facebook, Instagram Twitter Track stars, sports or sport Depending on which one it is And you will find us And I already gave my socials Which is on everything uh, the Voice. T H A V is a Victor. O is in Oscar. Y is in Yankees. Z is in Zulu. E is an Echo. You would think I was in the military, but I wasn't. <laughs> uh, but that's on all social media platforms. All right. Well, until the horn sounds, fight the good fight. <laughs>